0: only by I use the analogy of a lot of being on the field with my women so all of what we've just talked about like the researching the reading books listening to podcasts buying the courses making the notes being able to repeat it it's like you're on the sidelines yeah like you're on the bench you warmed up you've gone to the trainings you've got the uniform you've run up and down and it's like cool are you going to take that step across like the painted line on the grass and actually get in the game and get on the field because what that's going to feel like for the first time is like balls will come in your direction and you'll drop them, yeah, and you'll get tackled to the ground and you'll end up with mud all over you. (laughs) But it's only by being on the field that you're like, oh, I can actually pick up the ball that I've dropped, yeah, and we can keep playing. And once I've been tackled, I can stand up and start running and moving and walking again. And at the end of this game in this season, I can go to the change rooms and shower off all that mud and all of that dirt, yeah. So it's, yeah, and and it's reframing, okay, if it's feeling hard, if it's feeling challenging, if you feel super exposed, if you're questioning almost everything, um, there that's beautiful evidence that you're doing something differently. If it feels familiar... And, of course, the pain and the stuckness will still be there too, but if it feels familiar, it's probably not too much happening that's going to create
1: a shift. Welcome to the Warrior School podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe lifting weights, knowing our cycles, and training with them is the future of women's training. I also believe this training, nutrition, and health stuff shouldn't feel so goddamn hard. And we should all feel strong and confident. So, this is your go-to show for practical information to build a stronger and healthier body. You'll find content on training, nutrition, hormones, and tons of experts who wanna help you get stronger and healthier. I am your teacher, Amy Bow, coach, Dietician and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. Should we start?
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: let's begin let's begin well first I'm so grateful for you for making the space uh, to come on today and chat with me it's been a wild ride for you we were just talking before uh we just started or I just decided that we're gonna start (laughs) uh Gemma has been uh, through quite a bit on a bit of a roller coaster ride along with a lot of the community and humans who are on the north coast in northern New South Wales uh, and I you know we don't have to dive deep into the story but I thought it would be a really cool place to start because uh, just of like the resiliency that we have to like pull on or, you know, the, the self-coaching that we have to go through when we go through a really hard experience. And this is one of the things that I really want to speak to you about today uh, around our mind <laughs> and uh, why uh, a lot of us have, you know, a really... I think a really interesting but a really hard relationship with our mind and our emotions and the story that we tell ourselves. So if you're super open to telling a little bit about uh what's happened in the last few weeks uh to you, and then I'd love to hear, you know, how you moved through that, like how you did um a bit of self-coaching or what went on in the mind for you.
0: Um,
1: yeah,
0: absolutely. Um... And I want to pre-frame it because it will probably add some understanding to to what I'm speaking into with, like, where I came from before I ended up there because I've spent the last two years in Melbourne, in Victoria, in lockdowns. And so uh, towards the end of last year, I made the decision or activated, the decision had been made for some time, but the availability to activate the decision to leave Victoria was available. And so I started heading up through New South Wales um, along the coast and ended up landing probably like four weeks ago now um, in the Byron Ballina hinterland area. So on a farm, gorgeous views like everywhere that like ticked every box everywhere that I thought I was meant to be um and so yeah there was a lot of what felt like liberation and freedom from that decision in and of itself and then within three weeks of being there literally the day after I unpacked my last box Amy far out um and I spent some time moving up the coast so I'd been travelling, moving around without a home or a stable base for I think probably close to three months. Um, The rain started and, you know, the first, it was really interesting because I'd actually just finished setting up, just gotten business, like settled and under control and I planned to take five days off to just enjoy, immerse myself in community, get some routines and some some. Fun structure happening. And then the rain started. And to begin with, I was like, okay, well, you know, I actually need to go a bit slower. And it was the first day of my bleed. And I was like, cool, I can surrender to this, not knowing I don't, I mean, I don't watch the news and I don't really watch the weather in a climate like that. So I thought it was a couple of days and was really able to just feel grateful for the slowness of everything. And then it just kept going and going and going. And obviously, Um, through the internet I was seeing what was happening with the extreme flooding like up to power line levels and people you know needing to be rescued and just insanity like yeah beyond what you can comprehend or or what you have words for and I even though I was in the area I was still experiencing this through screens so to be there on the ground would And has been like a completely different experience um, in and of itself. And so um, part of what that meant for me is, and I don't even know if I've shared this with you, but I was contained at the property for seven days. So I couldn't leave, didn't know when it was gonna end. Um, The property stayed dry itself, but the driveway, which is, I don't know, probably around a kilometer long, completely eroded. So I had no road access. Um, to get things like food and and whatnot. Um, And phone service went down and by the end, internet went down as well. So business wasn't running, um, couldn't really get in touch very easily. Like I could go for a 45 minute walk and get some reception to speak to people. Um, And, like, isolation was one of the biggest feelings because the only two people I really had an established relationship with there were flooded into their home as well. Um, And, yeah, and just not knowing where it was going to end or when it was going to end or what that was going to look like. Um, And then the flow-on effects of that, which, you know, we are just having a little chat about the extreme mould just growing on and in every single thing um, and the flow on effects and consequences that can mean for health. And for me, probably the hardest part was processing that, yes, I've been affected by this, but not to any level um, that thousands and thousands of others have. And so it was this dance between um, feeling guilty for not being able to contribute more and to help more And reminding myself, hang on a minute, for the first seven days you couldn't even get out of your house and help yourself. Um, Even though your belongings, like, uh, you've still got them, you also still need to pack up everything and move and figure out what that's going to look like and where you're going to go and process all of that as well. Um, And also reminding myself, you don't have a a community to lean on here. You don't have other people that are backing you up or that are sharing this load with you. Like in the immediate sense, I mean by that, of course, I had incredible, brilliant people that were contacting me every day and staying in touch. And my dad has been phenomenal. And like once my friends were accessible, they've been incredible too. Um, But yeah, it's definitely like, I just wanted to get in there and be doing everything I could and my nervous system was just fried. And what I actually needed to do was rest. And, you know, a conversation I've had in, in the last week with a mutual friend, John, was that, you know, it really asked me to expand my perception of all the different types of leadership in these scenarios and in this space and for future sustainability as well. So, yeah, that's, that's a little bit of that what's
1: going on yeah there's a couple of things in there I think the first one is you know having a plan like you had a plan and then you reached a destination with a plan uh so jam works for herself and we'll get into her work and we can talk about like how we connected and but she works for herself. And then uh when you were talking about it, you were saying you unpacked your last box. I remember seeing on your social media that you had set up your like workstation, your desk, everything mm. was ready to go. Uh and you know, you finally found this like liberation or this freedom, you know, in making this choice and arriving there. And so you had this plan, but then it didn't go to plan. <laughs> uh and so, And I think this comes up a lot in our life. You know, we have this plan or we have these expectations and then we have this reality that happens and and we get really stuck because when we have the reality and it didn't go to plan we have this guilt piece, which you were talking about. So a lot of women I work with, you know, they have a plan uh, and then they try and execute it. It doesn't really go to plan and and they're still trying, but they have this guilt piece because maybe they have a family and they have kids and, you know, they think that they're not as worthy to keep going and figuring it out. Like you were just explaining about, you know, yourself and your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's two pieces in there that I'd love to like unwrap, I think a little bit. The first piece around, You know, how do you help people move through this piece of okay, I had a plan, but then it didn't go to plan. And now I'm just so stuck and I can't move through it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's such a big question. So it begins with
0: expanding, or I guess opening to the idea that it is okay to hold space for things to not be controlled and to not go to plan because sometimes we can end up in that place of stuckness and conflict and overwhelm simply because we're believing in this false reality of the world where this should not be happening um it's not okay that this is happening it's wrong that this is happening but if we can actually open and allow some space for like okay there are things beyond my control like who am I to say that things should not be this way yeah and and a piece of that is also exercising the skill of curiosity and creative thinking in terms of like well what could this be leading me towards what could this be setting me on the path of um but that's a whole other piece I want to come back to to where we can begin, which is when we feel this need to control all things outside of us and around us and they have to be a certain way, it's, a, it's a, often a reflection of the lack of trust we have with ourselves and the belief in our capability because if we were to trust ourselves and if we were to believe we were capable and brilliant and intelligent and beautiful and amazing like we all are, then yes, it might, but of course there will still be some overwhelm, but the overwhelm will be partnered with and I trust and I know that I'm capable to move through this. It doesn't matter what it's going to look like. It doesn't matter what needs to be rebuilt or changed or redefined um, because I have this knowing from within myself that I've got it, yeah, and it's a behaviour that I see in a lot of women who are just so deeply craving to feel more settled and more grounded and confident and just alive and carefree in their, in their body but in their life as well. Um, and they can see it. They can see how they're just grasping for certainty outside of themselves and needing to interfere and needing to control and micromanage and how exhausting that actually is. Um, so it's it's an awareness piece always first and then it's looking at okay well what are some alternatives and what would need to be looked at and felt through and questioned and let go of and stepped into for one of those alternatives to become possible for me
1: yeah would you say would you say that they feel Do they feel like a victim or do they feel stuck or do they feel lost? Like, what are the feelings that are coming up when, you know, when we can't control what's going on around us or our plan didn't go to plan? Is it like a feeling of like helplessness or, uh, or can you just talk a little bit about what you see in your work and what comes up?
0: Yeah, for sure. What What I I see see is the this experience of being totally lost in how to express emotions the women can't put their finger on that yet and they couldn't articulate it like that yet so what it does feel like for them in their body is conflict and indecision and anxiety um yes hopelessness despair tiredness exhaustion um and A lot of the time they, the women I'm meeting, they will have spent time on the train to Victim Town, but they've caught the loop back. They know they don't want to be there anymore because that is not a fun time and it doesn't get you anywhere. And they, to to the best of their ability, they feel like they're in their power and they are to the best of their ability, to the best that they can see what's going on, right? But whenever we're feeling stuck, or conflicted, there's going to be a lapse in the ownership that we're taking, or the, the misunderstanding of how much power we actually have within ourselves. And that's not bad or wrong. It's definitely not to be shamed or like you shouldn't be doing that. And like actually, you just need to step up over here. It's more of help me see like where is it that I'm blocked because I haven't been exposed to that knowledge yet, or. I'm so ingrained in this pattern I'm part of the pain point that I need some light shone on it for me. I need some help and some guidance.
1: yeah I really I really like that. Um, so it's the the helping see or that the help like helping find the gap or you know are they seeing are they aware or they're not they can like they kind of know but, And thank
0: you. You just reminded me because I sort of
1: started speaking and I forgot where I was even going with that. So let's come
0: back to the emotional part, right? Yeah. Um, So the gap will be felt by that woman as frustration, as stuckness, as resentment, as probably like why am I in such a negative tailspin? Why am I judging other people? Why am I comparing myself all the time? That's how they'll be able to detect it, but they pro- they probably don't know that it's a gap in power that they have within themselves. Because, and it's often really offensive and confronting for them to hear that because they're women that are showing up already like so devoted and so pouring their heart and soul into it in the best way they know how, they just need more of the know-how or more, yeah, more availability of, like, here's another path forward, here's another option, here's another another approach. Um, and in the emotions piece, like, when we talk about mindset, all that is is an expression of what is happening in our body. So this woman, she is more often than not, struggling with emotions that she may or may not even be able to articulate, yeah, but there'll be anger, there might even be rage, there'll be guilt, there'll be shame, Um, there'll be definitely be fear, yeah. Um, Probably sadness, I would say definitely grief. And a lot of these, the relationship, when I say there's a struggle to express emotions, the woman, she only knows how to, try and stop it try and get it to go away going into battle with it covering up over the top of it resenting it um yeah feeling totally overwhelmed and spinning out of control with it and it's so foreign to women that going down into the body and actually feeling those things and expressing those things is what moves that energy um, and helps us understand ourselves yeah
1: yeah, um, and make
0: sense of things so that stuckness is released. Um,
1: yeah, um, I'm like, you can't see me, but I'm just like aggressively <laughs> nodding my head and smiling. I Just so many women I work with, are they experience this with their own bodies. And so when you talk about like going in and going deep into the body, they're so, so trying to get out of their body away from their body they're in this like this horrible relationship you know with with their body uh, and it's a constant battle and 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 fight against their own body so you know through my work you know i use the training to come into the body uh, and they have a really hard time doing that because for so long they've tried to get out of the body. And I assume that they're trying to get away from the feelings or the emotions that you were just talking about.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Because it feels
0: safer if you We're not taught. Yeah. Most of us, I would say at least 95% of us, it hasn't been modeled to us or taught to us what to do with that. So it feels safer to separate from it and there'll more often than not be a story playing too of like, well, that's just how it is. Like I can't do anything about that. Um, I just need to get better at pasting over the top of it or ignoring it more. Um, So I love that your training brings women down to the body.
1: Yeah, they hate it. (laughs) (laughs) At first. (laughs) They hate it at first, for sure. Yeah, but then, you know, you talk to them three months, six months, nine months, years later, and... They, they love it. They're so grateful that they did it. But at the start, you know, I'm getting them to slow down and they have to write in their diary. They have to really think about like what their body's doing, how their body feels. Um, You know, what did the training teach them today? What did their body teach them? And often at the start, especially if they've come from you know they've had a lot of stress. They've been burnt out. Um, their their body composition has changed a lot. So you know if they're on a healing journey, maybe they have, um, yeah, had this change in their body. So their body feels the way that they describe it is foreign, and they feel mm-hmm. so afraid in this foreign body. And so then when they move this body, it's just foreign and uncomfortable. And then they get very stuck, and in trying to be in it and they just want to get out of it and go back to what they did before and what like that's through most of the behaviors that they have come from even though intellectually they know that those behaviors and what they did before aren't going to serve their body and it's healing but they they can't they don't like the feeling of being in it um mm. and You know, I'd love to hear like how you help a woman move through that or, you know, support her um, through that experience because it comes up a lot in training and in my work. So I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to hear how you would coach a woman through that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think it's just the polarity of what we're talking about to what's taught in and of itself is like a real piece of the work because going back to the old ways it's familiar it's certain and when we look out around us it's affirmed yeah women who are doing this work they're often not in the majority and so it can feel like you're really up against it when you begin and it's so deeply ingrained in your neurology that no i just need to keep pushing i just need to do more i just need to be better i just need to work harder that it takes some time and it takes a lot of patience to replace that. And that's one of the places I begin. Um, I talk about body wisdom. Yeah. And another way of explaining that or a word that might land is intuition. Yeah. So connecting inward to what feels good, what feels right, what feels Like, it makes sense in the body as opposed to in the mind, yeah. And a lot of the time you won't be able to explain what that is. It will just be more like an energetic of feeling pulled in a certain direction or called or to, to get away from a certain way of being or a certain way of doing things as well. And the body speaks to us. The body's language is emotions, and physical symptomatology a lot of the time right so in my past the way my body spoke to me very very loudly was with extreme chronic fatigue yeah to the point where i was in a wheelchair for six months and i couldn't work and i needed a carer um anxiety where i was blacking out from panic attacks and depression where i was having suicidal thoughts and really couldn't connect to a reason like that was worthwhile for continuing to exist and to be here, and so redefining that story into our emotions, like they're a normal, organic, appropriate, healthy experience, and they are not you. They're moving through you, yeah, and they're intelligent messengers. They're not there by mistake. They're there on your team. They're so devoted to you being the most expansive, phenomenal, incredible woman that you can be, yeah. They're pointing you in the direction. They're shining light on what they would like you to pay loving attention to, yeah. Every time you sort of you, you move off track a little bit away from your truth and what is intr- intuitively right for you, they will pop up. That's how devoted they are to you, yeah, and help to just like tap you back in 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 the direction of your truth and of your expression which is not going to be the same as any other person yeah um identically the same as any other person so there's a huge part in redefining like why are emotions here and why are we feeling that way and and what is that voice that's there because you know so much of what we're taught is to paste over the top of that or i just need to say more affirmations. I just need to, need to think better thoughts, right? And for sure, we have to focus on what we want and what the vision is. But in addition to that, we need to be present with the reality of what is happening in our body as we're moving towards that because it's revealing where the growth is for us. It's revealing where the healing is for us, right? Um, yeah. And when we push that down and when we go into battle and conflict with our emotions, we're basically saying, to our body, our heart, our soul. It's not okay for you to be this way. It's not okay to be this part of you. And a huge part of what I teach women and what I stand for is all of you is welcome. Like all of it, the mess, the fire, the storminess, the hardship, the vulnerability, you know, so the shame, the fear, the guilt, um, the insecurity, all of it. And you're brilliant in all of it. Um, I was speaking to another mutual friend of ours, Darsh, maybe last week about what my definition of success is. And that to me is like the highest epitome of success is when a woman is so self-assured and confident and comfortable in her body that all of that is okay. And I just haven't seen anyone, man or woman, move forward denying those things and those parts of themselves so um yeah there's there's a number of different I guess practical tools and um resources we need to develop within ourselves to be able to make this a lifestyle it's not a once of like tick box mechanism um, so that it becomes the relationship with yourself. So you have this deep intimacy and we, we started this conversation with trust and believing that they are capable so that that develops and that when you face into hard things or when your plan doesn't go as you expected, you've got the, the nervous system expansion and the flexibility with your neurology to respond to that in both a very real way of this freaking sucks and like I feel defeated and exhausted and overwhelmed and resentful and angry and how can I begin to to feel all of that and integrate all of that and ask some questions and shift my perspective in a way that opens to more possibilities for me and more ways forward.
1: Yeah, when you're talking, and I've just been thinking about this, this concept of like coaching self, self self-coaching to be able to everything that you just spoke about, you know, to be over time to build those tools and that capacity and to be able to coach self. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a big thing that, well, one, you know, I think we need help being taught that again this is another gap that I see when we're younger is why aren't we being taught how to how to coach self um and when you were speaking Gemma like that's what that's what comes up for me is like this beautiful ability to be able to like coach and lead self. Now I'm not saying there's no there's no space for coaches. Like I, I have coaches, I'll always have coaches and I think yeah. they're extremely important, but I think there's such power and I just, uh, I don't know, like just like deep inside me, I, I have this feeling of like, wouldn't it, it's magnificent if you can coach yourself, if you can self coach, I think yeah. it's like such a cool superpower. Absolutely and I think what we're talking about there is
0: we're then living and creating and expressing from a level where the coaches are like just taking us even further but we've got like the foundation and the stability and the knowing within ourselves that we've got it like there's no question about it I know how to face into hard things I know how to move through emotions I know how to Um, set and honour boundaries in a loving way. I know how to remove myself from environments that do not allow me to thrive. I know how to identify new opportunities, yeah. And then I'm the the same as you. Like I think I've probably got at least four coaches in different spaces at the moment because um, then it's okay, well, how can I expand and rise even more in this expression of who I am, but I've got the foundation set. Um, so, it's not from a place of which is this, or what I'm about to say is not wrong either. But, and it's where we started 100% where I started. It's not from a place of like deep desperation and necessity to just feel like you want to be here and know who you are and where you belong and what your purpose is each day. Like, that's no longer the conflict piece. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. The thing though that, I think a lot of women and a lot of people find hard is when you were speaking about this wisdom and intuition. So I talk about this quite a bit in the training space around, you know, allowing and receiving and the body is our greatest teacher, you know, that it is going to tell you, it's going to send you messages, you know, are you listening? But there is, I think the hard part is that women for so long haven't listened to their body. Mm -hmm. They haven't even listened to, that deep part that you were talking about you know this deep intuition they don't trust themselves and they certainly don't trust their body so I think this is where they feel really stuck how do you help how do you help women with that with you know I I don't know what my body wants I don't trust my body um yeah yeah Yeah.
0: I think rituals and practices are so, so important. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier with your clients, how they might know that this new way of doing things is what will get the results, um, but they still go back to the old way because they know that they're not doing the being. So I know better, but I'm not being those things. So it's intellectualized. Like we can see it, we can take notes, we can highlight, um, we can even maybe... Repeat it, like talk it back. But actually, until you're an embodiment of it and you're implementing it and you're facing into it, and you're like, oh, this part feels really good and this part's hard, and, and I have this question about that, and I feel stuck over here. What might I need to be able to move forwards? That is what is creating the shifts in your neurology. And only by, I use the analogy a lot of being on the field with my women so all of what we've just talked about like the researching the reading books listening to podcasts buying the courses making the notes being able to repeat it it's like you're on the sidelines yeah like you're on the bench you warmed up you've gone to the trainings you've got the uniform you've run up and down and it's like cool are you going to take that step across like the painted line on the grass and actually get in the game and get on the field because what that's going to feel like for the first time is like balls will come in your direction and you'll drop them yeah and you'll get tackled to the ground and you'll end up with mud all over you (laughs) but it's only by being on the field that you're like oh I can actually pick up the ball that I've dropped yeah and we can keep playing and once I've been tackled I can stand up and start running and moving and walking again and at the end of this game in this season I can go to the change rooms and shower off all that mud and all of that dirt yeah so it's yeah and and it's reframing okay if it's feeling hard if it's feeling challenging if you feel super exposed if you're questioning almost everything um, there that's beautiful evidence that you're doing something differently if it feels familiar and of course the pain and the stuckness will still be there too but if it feels familiar it's probably not too much happening that's going to create a shift So the the embodiment or the implementation piece, um, I invite women into all different ways of expressing and connecting with their bodies. Some of that is physical touch. So self-massage, yeah, especially across the chest and the heart area. Um, Dance, sounding with their breath. Um, What else? I teach them and I walk them through what I call the emotional awareness model, which is one of the modules in my course, and there's seven different questions where they journal around and identify, like, what is, you know, what's triggering this emotion? Where am I when this emotion is happening? What am I taking it to mean? What's it asking me to pay attention to? All of these sorts of questions um, where they can begin to actually Bring an understanding to what's happening. Um, But the participation piece is is super important. I walk women through uh, connecting with their inner child and understanding like what plead or beg from your programming or from your younger self is actually asking for loving attention when you're feeling that outrageous shame or like that wild anger um, or that deep, deep despair and sadness. Because if you can understand what that is and you can nurture that and have a conversation with that, then you can begin to integrate things and actually feel stronger for that, feel more certain for that, more confident and unstoppable for that.
1: And that's where the
0: capability and intimacy and trust with self is born as well.
1: Yeah, on that field. you got to mm-hmm. get on the field. Yeah do. yeah that's that step over that line oh and some women even take the step so they're on the field but when they're on the field th- they just feel like so overwhelmed and frustrated because like you said Gemma they're they're falling the balls like dropping they're getting hit in the head but that's the time that you have to like lean into the body you have to keep listening you mm-hmm. have to keep those practices uh going because they're going to give you information uh, mm-hmm. and that information is going to build this yeah this connection with the body and trust and we're going to listen to it and we're going to respond to it and and then we get to like we get to move through that uh, and i see that so much in the training space at the start like we were just talking about before I will always say to them, okay, when, when you start, there's going to be so much friction and there's going to be so like, the mean girl's going to come out there. There's, -hmm. you know, the stories, the negative self-talk which we I'd love to speak a little bit about in a second. And it's going to be hard. Like, I don't lie. It's hard. Um, Like making change, being in a body, doing things different, super hard, but you just got to be in it. You you have to do it. And then, and I just see this beautiful, like, like transition and learning and just unfold in front of me by mm-hmm. them showing up to the practice and it's not easy and they don't feel comfortable, but they're leaning into it and they are doing it. Uh, and then you get to see this trust being built and they, they start to listen. And then they tell you like, I listened and this is what the body said and then I did this and then, like, it's it's the magic of
0: yeah. And it literally feels like magic. I, I call it the best kept secret because it is. It's like, what? This has been here with me this entire time available. How have I not known about this?
1: Yeah, it is. It's like magic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to touch a little bit on, like, like this negative self-talk, you know, the stories that we have in our mind that we tell ourselves um, and how you, like, how you help women with, like, with that.
0: Yeah, for sure. So one of the ways I would, or one of the labels I would give to that is our belief system. Yeah. And our... So we have both a conscious mind and a subconscious mind and the subconscious mind fits in that category of the body wisdom and the intuition as well. And the subconscious mind has a memory and a record of everything that has ever happened in our lives. Yeah, it's like a computer system. So like if I know that I've created a a meditation on self-worth And I don't know where I've saved it and I can't really remember the exact title for it. I can go up to like the search bar on my computer and just type in self-worth meditation and everything related to that will come up. And we have that inside of us, which for some women can be like quite a shock and (laughs) um, not something they've considered or thought of before. Whereas our conscious mind, just a quick contrast, is what I call upstairs, like up in our mind, where it's like we're trying to reason everything, apply logic. make things rational, um, judge things in a certain way so we can categorise and put them in a box and then we're certain of it and we know where we stand and we know where that stands and that's it. No more thinking about it, yeah. Um, whereas our subconscious, the body wisdom, intuition, that is home to all of our emotions, our feelings, our memories. Um, and so when we, I've just completely lost my train of thought. Can you remind me what you asked me?
1: Yeah, so we're going to talk about like negative negative self-talk and constantly assuming like this work work doesn't like help us. So you're talking about conscious and subconscious. Thank you, thank you,
0: thank you. So yeah, so I was talking
1: about and I was explaining to you where the beliefs are held.
0: So yes, the beliefs are held in the subconscious and the subconscious is where we take on meanings, ideas, offerings from other people without even realising it. Yeah, they filter through. And the main time where this happens is in the age bracket from birth to seven years old because we haven't developed yet the critical faculty in our brain that allows us to apply reason and logic and judgement and all of those things. So it's just like we're a sponge and we're soaking everything up. Yeah. And it's also when we're spending the most intense time with our primary caregivers and the models who show us how to respond, how to show up in the world as well. And so these beliefs are often formed at such a young age and it's not until we get into adulthood and we've actually had the ability to watch cycles of this play out. We've also, like we talked about before, put our heart and soul into so many different strategies and approaches to try and change it and it hasn't worked, that we have had enough pain that we arrive to a point where we're like, what the F is going on? Tell me whatever I have to do about it. I promise I'm ready. Yeah. (laughs) And so then we dig a little deeper and we look a little harder. And one of the ways I explain to women how to go back and to look at these, yeah, because so often they will be linked into modelling or relationship patterns or dynamics with our mum or our dad. Yeah. It's where we've learned. Um, And they've done the best that they could with the resources that they had available and so often our interpretations of their teachings to us is not at all linked to what their intentions have been. Um, So I talk about it almost as like an offering. So you can imagine it like a plate of food. So like, it's like this person or this environment has offered an option to you and whether consciously or subconsciously, so in your awareness or not, you've taken that on board and you've eaten that food and now it's inside of you. Yeah. And as an adult, you have the opportunity to reflect on where has that happened? Where have I adopted that from? Um, Not with blaming or shaming yourself, but equally not blaming or shaming others as well. Really just like a fact-finding, data collection opportunity. And then you can ask yourself, well, do I want to continue creating my life from this space, from these beliefs? Yeah. Because the results that we're getting in our life come from our thoughts and our behaviours. And it's our beliefs that trigger what is happening in the space of our thoughts, yeah, in the space of our behaviours. So our perceptions, our labels, um, how we react, how we respond, our body language, the emotions that we're experiencing, um, the story we tell, how we explain things, all of that fits into the category of thoughts and behaviours. And so then the healing work and like the deep diving and the connection with self and and probably the surfacing of a lot of emotions that the subconscious has kept there in storage for you can begin and so you're looking at okay well what's the belief or the offering of a belief that I've taken on board and that is still active and what's the alternative that I want to create And then you can start working on both of those simultaneously. So it's not always about looking into the past and trying to like find what needs to be healed and find what needs to be solved. Also, simply by declaring what it is that you want for yourself and setting a vision and starting to move in that direction that the shit is going to show up like, um, You and I know each other from um, a business space and some goals and a vision I've set in that space for myself recently. It is all there. Like I don't even need to go looking for it. My nervous system, um, and when we're talking about being on the field, what's actually happening there is your nervous system only knows what it knows. So if you want a different experience, it has to be exposed and learn to adapt to things like, Yes, more responsibility, but also different response techniques, all of these things. And so that's what's happening in that space is are you willing and can you hold with love the exposure of your nervous system whilst it learns and whilst it adapts? Um, And part of that will be facing into, okay, shit, I've been carrying this belief my whole life and I want to be really angry with my mum about that or, like, I want to blame or resent my dad about that. Um, and again, not pushing that down, not trying to get that out of the piece, feeling it all moving through it all. So, because this is a long answer, but when that dialogue is happening upstairs, again, it's just a reflection of what is happening in our body, like the loudest voice and the strongest story that's happening, whether that's like, you are not enough, you're a failure. Why are you even bothering? There must be something wrong with you. Everyone else can do it. Why would anyone love you with where you are right now? Like it's just revealing to you the parts that perhaps you haven't welcomed in and you haven't been willing to explore as of yet. Um, And as you do that, they don't need to be there anymore. Like when you heal and integrate them and they're loved, they don't need to shout at you loudly anymore because you're paying them the attention.
1: Yeah, it's this beautiful um, connection piece with like the nervous system and creating safety and stability with our nervous system whether that's through um, you know our food or our physical practice which is where I mostly work Um, and then it's looking at the stuff that you're talking about Gemma around like our beliefs and looking at you know the the trust piece the intuition piece like I can just see, you know, I've got this really great visual of seeing why the importance of having like working on our nervous system from like a nutritional perspective, making sure it's like nourished and feels safe um, yeah. is really important for this work. Cause this work is hard and it, and it takes a lot of energy. So yeah, that's, it's really it's important to do and I think a lot of women are in the work of that a lot that I work with are they do understand that piece now that okay like I've got to create some state, safety and stability here from a nervous system perspective and then we can look at you know the training piece or like the other metrics so the emotional piece the, yeah. yeah
0: sleep relationships being outdoors how fulfilled you feeling work, all of those things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, do you have anything else that you you want to talk through when it comes to well just everything that we've been speaking about today?
0: Nothing's popping right into my mind. I kind of um let me just have a little
1: I think we uh, covered one, a lot.
0: One of a things that of could go into how much time we have, um, that you even suggested was confident communication.
1: Yes, let's touch on that. I think that's important.
0: Yeah, cool. So what I've found to be true in my own journey through this and then seeing and watching and observing so many women as well is like all things that begins with self. Yeah, so it's really easy for us to, again, look outside and try and control, I need you to respond to me this way or I need you to listen to me this way or I need you to hold space for me this way. Um, I re- Actually, I can remember, like, early in my 20s in relationship, I'd be like, I need you to ask me what's wrong. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh. or even before that I need you to just know what's wrong <laughs> yeah. and if you don't know then I need you to ask me what's wrong so I can tell yeah you. yeah
0: yeah and that mind reading yeah. like it's just being taught as a real thing and that if someone loves us they should be able to do that and it's bullshit like sets us up for so much pain and failure So where I teach in this space is guiding women to understand first within themselves, like what is it that you need and what is it that you value in this space where you're feeling triggered um, or uncomfortable? Yeah, so it might be anticipation. You might not even feel triggered yet, but you're like, oh, I couldn't possibly raise that or I couldn't possibly speak about this because of what would flow on from that. So what what are the needs and what are the values that you have in that space that are feeling challenged or that are feeling unmet? And why are those things important to you? If you cannot articulate that with yourself, and I mean to the point where, like, you can write it down or where you you can even, like, practice as if you're explaining it to someone else, you're not in a position where you're going to be able to empower others to understand you. And so much of the time when I work with women through this, they will realise, oh, I don't even need to have the conversation with that person because I know in myself how to show up differently now. Or I know in myself that I have permission and it's okay for me to want and need these things. Um, So there's less attachment for, like, it mattering how that other person responds as well. Um, So that's a big piece that I think um, is really important. Um, As well as taking ownership for the delivery of your communication. So much of the time we go into communication with our loved ones um, and beyond that, like colleagues, work, whatnot, but friends and family, intimate partner. And we come in from the, um, you did this, or I need you to be like that, And so you're setting the tone for communication immediately to be um, or the responses to be defensive, maybe a little aggressive, um, people feeling caught off guard um, and confused, yeah, because so often we've been up in our heads so much that we're like, yeah, this is how it is and this is what I need to say and this is what's going on. And then we start the conversation from that place and, and your partner or your friend or family member is like, "Can hang on, what are we talking about? <laughs> Where can are we that come from?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's also about like really bringing consideration to how available another person is for that communication, which can feel frustrating, right? When you're ready, and it's a conversation or communication that feels like an edge for you, and it's asking a lot for you from you. Um, But ultimately, if they're not ready to receive and participate with you, you're not going to get the outcome that you want anyway. Um, So checking that, asking, sharing, there's something on my heart, there's something really important to me that I'd like to chat about. Are you available? And if you're not available now, like when in the next 24 hours could we have this conversation? And maybe even framing, you know, I just need 10 minutes of your time or we're probably going to need, you know, a little bit longer for this conversation so like making sure neither of you need to like rush off to something else or um maybe not even be your best self like have to show up and perform or lead people immediately afterwards Um, and then leading with your needs leaning into vulnerability if you lead with vulnerability and if you speak about what you do want what is true for you what you do need from yourself not from that other person you're immediately setting the scene for both your nervous systems to relax and for opening to happen and for just the space for more nurturing and compassion and understanding and collaboration and communication and the more that you practice that the more again your neurology will shift to how available and possible that can become um Mm -hmm. So that's probably the only other thing I... Because they're the two things that I see women in the space struggle with. One is the expressing of emotions and the other is speaking up and using their truth, speaking their truth, expressing their truth. And what happens in place of that is they will shift more towards like hinting or like body language or um, saying some but not all and not leading and being clear with this is actually what I need um, from fear of being rejected or... Losing something or being shamed or um, not pleasing the person on the receiving end of that guilt. Um, so, yeah, it's a really important piece.
1: It's a really, really important piece, especially, you know, I work with a lot of women who have families, are mums, are in relationship, have, a, have so much going on that they find it so hard to ask for what they need but it does start with their nervous system is not settled. So they don't feel safe. And so, you know, and it comes all the way back circles back around to the importance of the the nervous system and creating some safety there. And then all the work that we've worked, uh, talked about today around trusting our body, trusting ourselves, like knowing ourselves, like if we don't have that there as well, and we're entering into relationship and conversation with someone else and we're and we don't know ourselves and we don't trust ourselves, and you know, those values and those needs, it's going to be really hard to communicate and articulate that to another person. Uh, And so it's so important, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, I think, you know, so many of us can do the work in like the art of a conversation, you know, there's definitely an art to it and in how we communicate. And we weren't really taught that either of like, Hey, like, This is how we could come into a conversation. You know, this is the importance of having like the nervous system feeling good, you know, um, creating the space for it, all of those things that you just said, Gemma. So I think that's a beautiful place to finish our conversation today. Um, Actually, I want you to tell everyone before we go about your work, about Reveal and Rise. Yeah, sure. So after working with probably more
0: than 200 women in that space at the start of 2021 last year at the start of last year before then but it happened at the start of last year i just saw there was such a need for the women i was working with to not only be having conversations but to be resourced yeah with videos with audios with workbooks with community with so much more than just needing to access me for a conversation and i just wanted to create this space where all of the practical tools and the rituals and everything that supplements not just the knowing but also the embodiment and the implementation was available and so reveal and rise was born and um yeah it's a it's a six-month coaching experience there's practical tools in there there's self-aware community and the women just feel relieved and excited the most common feedback I get is this still feels so freaking hard but now it has so much meaning and the community brings an energetic that just carries and helps move them through that yeah there's something so magic about being witnessed in your vulnerability and immediately having evidence that you're still lovable and that you're incredible and you're celebrated in that as well as hearing other women literally ask the question that is on your heart and sometimes you might have known it and other times you might have felt it and not had words for it and then it's just like oh like this massive breath out um so yeah it's incredible I freaking love it it's you know, an experience and journey of connection and community and women transforming alongside each other. So that's that's where my work is.
1: And it's work that I just believe is so important for us to do. So important.
0: and And reveal and rise because everything we've talked about in this conversation is the reveal and you cannot rise. Like you just can't. No matter how determined we are, or how hard we try, or how much we want it, the rise doesn't happen until we've done the reveal. Um, So, both of those parts are just so important. Yeah.
1: Makes me have tears in my eyes. Yeah. I just, (laughs) I just, you know, it's, I think it's like, it's like an honor, but also like a right that we owe ourselves. To do this work, like it's so important. Like, what, why, why are we here as well? Like, if we can't, like literally, live it, yeah. Like, if we literally can't, literally, what in. are we
0: here for? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah which yeah. is why, like, it just yeah, your work and what you do and everything we spoke about today just resonates with me in like such a deep level because otherwise I'm like, what the F is the point? If you don't do this work and you don't live into like who you're meant to be and like love yourself and love your life, like what the F is the point? It's such a shame. It's such a shame. And we don't even get
0: to begin to meet ourselves if we don't step into this work. Like, so of course we don't feel alive without it. And I see that through everything that you offer as well. And it's yeah. incredible um, to be able to teach and gift in this space, but then to be able to connect with people like you as well as we're doing it is just again, it's another version for me of like what is the point if if we're not sharing and having these conversations um, yeah. as leaders in this space as well. So thank you.
1: Oh Jammer, I'm so grateful for you and I'm so grateful for your work. It is so important. Um thank you. Thank you for coming on today thank you I so
0: appreciate you holding the space for us to have this conversation and I feel like
1: getting to this conversation was even a journey we were meant to have it like
0: a few months back and we couldn't get the tech to work but I feel like it's been the most perfect timing and it was just not even meant to happen until now so
1: yeah I, I believe that Gemma I'm always I always believe that it of course we you know we take action and we make choices in our life and you know things but I just sometimes believe I often say this like when I do a workshop or a presentation like whoever shows up even if it's one person or 50 like those are the people that are meant to be there and just like when we land a conversation or we connect with a certain person of course we've like you know we've had a part in that but sometimes it's just it is the way it is because that's just meant to be the way that it is and I think we have to be okay with that Mm. yeah Mm. okay I think
0: Amy you've just summed up beautifully where we started of like things (laughs) not going to plan so
1: yeah yeah well well done (laughs) okay thank you so much thank you done Warrior Woman, you can listen to these episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please give it love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, tag me in it on Instagram with your biggest takeaway.